on our trip to Broken Bow, uh, he woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me this series called Caller ID. And and then I'll tell you that this week, while we were on another Men and Women of Action uh, work trip in, in Cherryville, Missouri, with absolutely no internet, no cell phone. I mean, there was it, it was easy to screen calls this week because that wasn't nothing getting through to us where we were. Uh, uh, I mean, dear Lord, I, I went back in time. I stayed in a travel trailer with a with a, a bedroom that 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 brother Furman and sister Jackie slept in. I slept on a couch in the front room, and right at the end of my couch, we had a path to the Port of John. And, and so I had one bedroom and a path in the place that I stayed this week. Come on now, some of y'all remember living in places like that, but I didn't until this week. And boy, that's a cold three o'clock in the morning trip. I'm just saying, but um. But but as I got up uh, on Thursday morning, I believe it was, it may have been Wednesday, it was Wednesday morning, one of the mornings I got up, I got up before everybody else, and I sat down, and God began to pour out the message for me to preach today, and and I just, I've been chomping at the bit to get to preach this today, and, and so today in our series, Caller ID, I'm going to be talking about unanswered calls unanswered calls. Won't you open your Bible with me? Amen. Matthew chapter 19, going to look at verse number 21 and 22. It's what the word of the Lord says. It says, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, He went away sad, for he had many possessions. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you right now, and I just thank you and I praise you for your your mercy, your grace, your peace. And Lord, I pray that you would send your word through this vessel today. Lord, get me out of the way and allow your anointed spirit to speak into every ear that is in this house or that watches this video Lord, allow them to feel your power and hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Has anybody besides me ever missed a phone call? Has anybody besides me ever heard the phone ring and looked at your caller ID and then let the phone ring? Uh, now I, I told you last week that there's oftentimes that if I, I've gotten to the place that if I don't recognize the number, I don't answer the phone. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I don't have time to mess with that, but can I be transparent today? There have been a few times in my life since the invention of caller ID that the phone is wrong and I've looked at the caller ID and I saw a name. And I said, not today. Not, not, not today. No, I, I, I don't want to talk to them today. I, there, there have been times that, that I've looked down and, and I knew that that person wanted something from me. Or they wanted me to do something. And, and, 
And, and I thought, no, I, I, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Am I the only one that's ever done that? Some of y'all say, no, I do it every time it says Pastor Tommy. I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> He's been talking about nursery and kids, kids' church. I ain't answering that phone. Oh. Now let me go one step further. Have you ever decided not to answer a call? And then later on found out that they were calling you not for what you thought they were calling you for, but they were calling you for something good. Oh, you think maybe you've been having problems or, or you don't want to deal with this person just wants to jabber. But then when you find out later, they come up to you and they go, oh, we tried to call you Friday, but, but we couldn't get a hold of you. We had two tickets to the Chiefs game. We was going to give them to you. We couldn't use them. I could have used a nap to go watch a subpar team play football. Now, if it had been a Cowboys game, that would have been different. But all of a sudden, you realize that you missed something because you didn't answer the call. Now, let's bring this into a spiritual context. There are times that God calls. And there are times that we look at our spiritual caller ID and we say, ooh. That's the big guy. And maybe we know what we've done. We know where we've been. We know how we acted. And we go, oh, I don't want to deal with him right now. I don't want to give. I don't want to surrender to him right now. And we think we can go without answering that call. But then later we find out that that was our destiny. That the opportunity that we had been waiting for. I don't share these stories a whole lot. But, but, but I'm going to share something with you. And I don't share them because I do believe God's plan works. Okay? But I had a dream when I was a young man, which was a long time ago. My, I, I wanted more than anything. If you asked me in my early 20s what I wanted to be, I didn't say I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be a state youth and Christian education director. Brother David Tennyson, we know him. He comes in. He leads our youth camps. That's what I wanted more than anything. And I, everything I did, I tried to meet people. I was involved in things. I was setting myself up because I wanted to go be a state youth director. In 1998, most of you know, I was working at a church as a youth pastor. And the church could no longer afford me, and they let me go. The day that I got let go, our state youth director had been told that I was going to be let go. So he called me, and he said, let's have lunch, knowing that that lunch would be right after my meeting with the pastor where I got let go. And I said, okay. Well, I get out of my meeting. I'd just gotten fired and, and are financially displaced. They didn't like the word fired. I got financially displaced. However way you look at it, I didn't have a job. And I went out and I got in the car with our state youth director, and he had another youth director that was in that was doing a conference for us. And the guy that was with him 
was about to go to Cleveland, Tennessee and be in the general offices as the assistant international youth director. He had some pull. And I sat down at lunch reeling from the fact I'd lost my job. Beth, I don't even think, knew about this for years. I don't even know if I even told her. And all of a sudden, this man said, listen, Kansas doesn't have a youth director right now. And they've got a church, and they want to bring somebody in to pastor a church and be state youth director. And if you would be interested in doing that, I think I can get you appointed there. The phone began to ring. In the midst of my pain, in the midst of my heartache, the phone for what I had wanted forever began to ring. But I refused to answer. I don't want to be a pastor. Who would ever want to be a pastor? That was my thinking back in those days. And I let that phone ring until it quit ringing. And I didn't take that position. Now, at 50 years old, I'm too old to be a youth director. At 50 years old, I look back and I say, oh, I always wanted that, but I didn't achieve it. But then God says, I called you, and you didn't answer. Now, let me be clear. I tell that story not to say, I wish I'd have done that and not, done, not went somewhere else. I don't know if I'd have wound up here or not. And I believe that God had a plan to put me everywhere he's ever put me. I believe, but I do believe that God sometimes gives us a call, and if we refuse to answer that call, we miss something God would have given us. We miss. Sometimes it's what God wanted for us. Sometimes God says, listen, I can use you where you want to be. And I missed it. I can tell you, I know the guy that took that position, and he was a youth director until two years ago. He, he got to work in some, some good states. He got to be work with some great overseers. His last position as a state youth director was working with one of my childhood heroes. I don't know if I'd have followed the same track he did. But I didn't answer the call. Let me tell you something, church. If I can get across anything to you this morning, I want to get across to you how important it is to answer the call. Now, the scripture that I read is the end of a story that we're very familiar with. We know it as the story of the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler, we don't know who he is. We don't know his name. We just know he has some kind of authority. And he comes to Jesus one day and he says, Master, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, well, obey the commandments, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Do not bear false witness. Do all the things in the commandment list. The man says, I've done all those since I was a kid. And then Jesus comes to the verse that I, verses that I read today. If you want to be saved. If you want to do this, go. And sell all that you have 
and give to the poor. Then come and follow me. Now, let me tell you something. That last line, come and follow me, if you look through that, Jesus only said that to disciples. Most people, he said, don't tell anybody what I've done. The demonic at Gadara, he said, go tell your family, but he didn't say, come follow me. The ones he said, come follow me, was the disciples. This young man's destiny was to be a disciple. This young man's destiny was to be known. We don't know his name now because he refused to answer the call. But I believe that if he had done what Jesus said, we, all of us, would have known his name comfortably. We would understand what he did. But he allowed the rings to go unanswered. So this morning, I want to spend the next couple hours. Cowboys don't play to tonight, so we're good. Now, I want to spend the next few minutes. And I, when I call somebody, I'll tell you when I hang up. I hang up when the voicemail starts or the fifth ring sounds. Somewhere down the line, I figured out that if they haven't answered by five rings, they don't want to talk to me. So at the fifth ring, I so today I want to go through the five rings of the rich young ruler's call. Ring one. If. If you want to do this, if you want to be more than you are, if you want to be a disciple, if you want God to bless you, if you want God to do something, that word if is a powerful word. I've already told you I'm almost two years into the daily but, and at some point I'm going to add a second one. I don't know if I'm going to wait till the daily but's over, which will be t- uh, eight more years. But one of these days I'm going to start doing if and daily. And if and daily is going to be the same thing where I go through and talk about every if. If is a word that requires an action. If you want something, then you have to do something else. The first ring is an if. Jesus said to him, if, if this is what you want, if this is how you want to go, if this is the action you want to take, he says, I've got news for you. I've got a blessing for you. I've got a power for you, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take some energy. Praise the Lord. Let me get here because I gave my last Bible away. And that messes with me sometimes. He says, if you want to be perfect. If that's what you're looking for. Let me tell you, the first ring is the easiest ring to miss. The phone rang when I changed this slide. Some of you already forgot it. Oh, yeah, I did that. I, how do I know that? Because most of us are of the age that we'll get up and go into the kitchen and not know what we went in there for. I saw somebody put on Facebook the other day, they're so excited, they finally went and bought them a new pair of shoes with memory foam in it. That way they could remember where they went, why they went into that room. I 
Am I the only one ever put anything in a microwave? And when the microwave dinged, we're like, what's that? Three days later, you open up and go, whoa, a surprise. One ring we can miss. One ring we can forget. We cannot hear. That ring for the rich young ruler was an if. If you want to be perfect. If you want. If puts you in charge of God's plan. Don't you hear what I'm telling you? If puts you in charge. If you want this, then you have to listen to what I want you to do. If you want God to bless you, you got to do something. If you want to win the loss, you got to witness. See, if is the call that most of us has missed in the modern church because we say, God, we want our church to grow. God, we want revival. God, we want spiritual outpouring. But we don't do the if of prayer, the if of witnessing, the if of getting out of our seat, the if of letting somebody else park in our parking spot. We don't do the if of working in the nursery, working in children's church. We don't do the if of cleaning the toilets. If puts us in charge. We're the ones that decide. It's the first ring. The first ring. It's the easiest one to miss. If what we say is really what we want, if what we pray is really what we are looking for, if we really believe God is able, then if we answer that call, you ever had a call you wanted to answer? Mm. Maybe we remember way back when we were younger. And you look at the caller ID and it's that girl you ran into downtown and she's calling. Ooh. And it's, Whoa, hello. Maybe it's that job you applied for. No. Want to make sure I don't miss that? If is that, that chance. But too many of us let if go by. Because instead of understanding that if is, is dependent on our action, we believe that if is a word of doubt. Instead of understanding that if means if I do what I say I want, if I follow the steps, I can have what I'm looking for. Instead, we think if means, oh, that probably won't happen. And we let the phone ring. The first ring to the rich young ruler. He said, what must I do to be, to be saved? And Jesus says, if you want to be perfect. If this is what you really want, if this is what you're really looking for, then I've got an answer for you. I've got a blessing for you. If our spiritual desire is shared by our human action, then we can change something. But the rich young ruler, just let it go. And then all of a sudden, There was a little more time there. One ring, you might not be able to get to the phone fast enough. 
For some in the house, it'd take more than one ring not to be able to get to the phone fast enough. I buy Beth a cell phone, and she doesn't keep it with her. And then she says, well, I couldn't get to the phone. Well, hang on to it. Two rings. Takes more time. It's more noticeable. It rises above the noise. The second ring for the rich young ruler. Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go. Go. Can I tell you something? We never get the blessings we look for without a go somewhere. Until we understand that God... It, Until we understand that God's not Grubhub. Now I know some of you don't know who Grubhub is. I wish we had a Grubhub in Chillicothe. Grubhub is a natural thing. You can get an app on your phone and, and when you're in a, like a real size town. You can, you can go on that app and you can order your McDonald's or your Taco Bell, or your Applebee's, and they'll go pick it up and bring it to your door and set it down, and you don't have to get out and go anywhere. You don't have to wait in line. You just sit back and relax. I would love a Grubhub, but some of us think that God is a spiritual Grubhub. Oh, I want God to move in my presence. I want God to do something great in my life. And I, God, I'm going to put my order in. You just bring it to the house. I'm not going to be patient. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to fast. I'm not going to look for this thing. I'm just going to sit here and wait for God to do what God's supposed to do. I'm going to let God serve me. I got news for you. God didn't call, didn't come to this world to serve you. He came to this world to be served by you. Oh, pastor, what are you talking about? I know Jesus came as a ransom. He paid the price for us, but he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm telling you, some of us have more respect for presidents we don't like than a God that we should serve. I got me an old mind. Hallelujah. Tell you something. When God said go, Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, that was the first ring. Next thing he says is, you got to go. You got to move. You can't just sit there and wait on it. You got to get up and you got to go. You got to do something. Uh, Go moves us from where we are to where we need to be, to where we can be, to where we're called to be. Quit thinking that where you are is the height of what you're supposed to achieve. God never called you to sit on a pew. God called you to walk in an anointing. God never called you to listen to a sermon. God called you to be a sermon. Go moves us from a place of inactivity to a place of walking in faith. Go as a step of faith into a new location, a new vocation, a new situation. Some of us miss that second ring because we don't want to change locations. You want to know why I move chairs around so much? Part of it's just because I've got a mean spirit in me. 
Part of it is to teach a church the fluidity of change. I started moving chairs around when I went to a church that would refuse to change. And I decided that if I could teach them to sit somewhere else, and you think I mean here, I was real mean there. You've heard about the fact that I would put I put a sex, two sections of chairs together as one because the left side of the church wouldn't talk to the right side of the church. So I made them sit together so they could talk to each other. Since I've been here, we've had two sections, three sections, four sections. But there, we didn't have a stage. So they always had church this way. They come in church one day, and my pulpit was over here, and we had church this way. Then they came in, and my pulpit was back here, and we had church this way. I not only moved how the chairs were laid out, I moved what direction they faced. You know why? Because sometimes you say, we want to do something different. We want a new move of God as long as God moves the same way we're used to. See, sometimes we, a go means we've got to change locations. Sometimes go means we've got to change vocations. I want God to do whatever he wants. But nursery is just not my thing. Children just not my deal. I can't put up with teenagers. Lord, help us, Jesus. Maybe if we'll hear God say go and we'll step into a vocation, a ministry, a job that we haven't done before, Maybe we'll find out that it's in that job that we find our being, that we find our blessing, that we find our anointing. Maybe we'll find out that our destiny is in that being willing to go, not just to a new location, but to a new vocation. Sometimes go means we need to go to a new situation. We got to change the circumstances around us. We, we got to change the status quo. You know the hardest thing I have as a pastor of a traditional Pentecostal church is that I'm a pastor of a traditional Pentecostal church. We think we know how everything has to happen. We think we know it's got to look like this. It's got to sound like this. It's got to be like this. I got news for you. I don't have to preach this way to be Pentecostal. I like preaching this way. But if it was in my ability, I could stand up there and just talk and still be Pentecostal. I have to change my situation. I can wear a suit and tie, or I can come dressed up like Mr. Rogers and still find the gospel of Jesus Christ. Won't you be my neighbor? Let me tell you something. We got to change our circumstances. I met with a young couple in our church last night, and I gave them a job. I had dinner last night with Chrysalyn and Justin. They're back working right now. But I gave them a job. I said, here's what I need you to do. You're 20-something years old, early 20s. Look around. Ain't, most of us have seen 20 twice or three times or four times or six times. Eight times. 
Ten, ten. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we only view church the way church looked in 2000 or in 1980, or in 1970. And maybe we need to realize that what reached me in the 1980s may not reach somebody in 2020. I'm not talking about changing a message. I'm talking about changing a method. And I told this young couple, I need you to tell me. Oh, pastor, what you did there, that was okay. That doesn't mean nothing to us. I need you to come to me, I told this young couple, and tell me, hey, what if we try doing this? What if we try doing that to reach and attract people? Why? Because if we keep trying to reach people our age, we'll never have anybody younger. We've got to be willing to go and change our situation. A couple of weeks ago, I had you look around, and I said, imagine where you're going to be in 20 years. Oh, that was wrong. Crystal goes, I'll be your age, which is near death, I'm going to tell you right now. But all of a sudden, now you look around the church and where are we going to be in 20 years? How many of us are going to be able to do anything in 20 years? If we don't start going and changing our situation, we're going to miss the call of our destiny. Ring one was if. Ring two was go. But then... I want you to notice something. It took 15 seconds for those three rings to happen. And some of you are already trying to figure out how you could get to the phone. It's driving me crazy. See, by the third ring, it's obvious. But to answer the third ring gets more difficult. If is a ring of hope. If I will do what I want, what I say I want to do, I can have something. Ring two is a is a ring of 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 excitement and expectation. Oh, if I can go somewhere, if I can go do what I, then it will work out. Then ring three takes longer, and it represents the third thing Jesus said. He says, "If you want to be perfect, go and sell all." You see, sell. Sell means that we get rid of. We exchange what we have for something else. If I sell something, I say that what you have is more valuable to me at this time than what I have. If I had this piece of paper, that we've got to get to at some point. But if I had this piece of paper and I said, 
Sister Ann, I'll sell you this piece of paper for a dollar. That would mean that her dollar was more important to me than this piece of paper. Okay? Now, we're going to talk about what we do with what we get later. But he said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all. Everything you have. All of a sudden, what he says is you've got to make everything in your life unimportant. See, some of you just ignored that third call. God, I'll do whatever you want. But I don't want to get rid of my stuff. Lord, I'll do whatever you want as long as it doesn't cost me my car. As long as it doesn't cost me my job. As long as it doesn't cost me my house. As long as it doesn't cost me my friends. Oh, I'm about to step on some toes. As long as it doesn't cost me my family. Pastor, you mean we got to give up our family? I'm telling you, we've got to put God ahead of our family. When we begin to give all, we'll sell our possessions. Mm-hmm. I better sit down for this one. We will sell our opinions. Oh, I can't. What do you mean sell my opinion? You mean I can share my opinion? No, I didn't say share your opinion. I mean understand that your opinion doesn't mean anything anymore. Sell your opinion. Let me, let me exchange my opinion for that money, for that thing that, that we're going to talk about next. We'll sell our possessions. We sell our opinions. We sell our talent. You know, the biggest challenge in a church is worship people. Those worship leaders, they're a pain. They, they, they're so talented. They have ability. Do you know what an anointed worship leader does every Sunday? whether they're playing an instrument or singing a song, they are selling their talent for the glory of God. They're saying, God gave me a talent, but my talent's not important unless I give it away. Unless I sell it. Unless I I say, God, I don't need this as much as you need. We sell our talent. We sell our possessions. We sell our opinion. We sell our talent. We sell ourselves. See, to sell ourselves, to sell all, means that we understand that there is nothing. Too many times we reserve something. God, you can have everything. But I get to keep that. God, you can have everything, but I got to keep my health. God, you can have everything, but i got to keep my ministry. Hardest thing for me to learn years ago is that I had to sell out my ministry to God. It's not my ministry. It's God's ministry. He said, if you want to be perfect, go, sell all, and then 
You ever known you didn't want to answer the call? But it just keeps ringing? The fourth ring is give. If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. Here's what he says. All this stuff that is no longer important enough for you to keep, what you get in exchange for it, you give away. Mm, I can give up a lot of stuff as long as I can keep the money because if I can keep the money, I can get more stuff. But if I got to start giving stuff up, and then taking the money I get and giving the money away. I got to give. This is a pastor alert. Pastor's going to talk about giving. I say that so that you know that I always talk about giving. Because I can talk about it four times a year and that's all I ever talk about is giving. So I'm giving you right. Say that all I talk about is giving. Tell you something. Until we learn to give, we can never learn to receive. We say we want all this stuff. We say we want God to send revival. We say we want God to build up our church. We say we want, but then we sit back and we say, I can give in nothing. In case you think you don't need to give because the church doesn't need your money, you need to come talk to me and I'll show you some financial reports. We got things we need. I'm trying not to say, mm. Can I tell you, it sort of chaps my hide that we want a powerful nursery ministry. We want them to have the money to have quality toys and quality things and paint and, and everything to be perfect in there. And then when we get a, somebody excited about nursery ministry, they have to go and do a bake sale to be able to take care of it because we ain't got the money in the church to take care of it ourselves. I don't want to hear any complaints because there's a bake sale. Because if we gave the way we should give, we wouldn't need to have a bake sale. I just gave somebody some fodder to talk about how i just all about the money. I tell you what, I'm not about the money, but I tell you what I am about. I am about understanding that if we really want to be perfect, if we want to live in the destiny that God has called us to, somewhere we got to start giving. We got to step outside. Dear Lord, we wouldn't have any problems if everybody just tithed. 10%. Biblical mandate tithe. Would you rob God? How have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. Robbery. Thievery. Thou shalt not steal. Have I convinced you yet that to not pay your tithe is to rob God? But that verse doesn't say just tithe. It doesn't say you've robbed me of my tithe. You've robbed me of my tithe in giving. Tithe and offerings. We, we'd be okay if everybody just was, was bare minimum. But if we would become a New Testament church. Oh, I love that one. Tithing is an Old Testament thing. We live in the New Testament. You are exactly right. 
10% is an Old Testament thing. But when I look in the New Testament, it says that they went and sold all that they had and brought it to the storehouse and distributed whatever anybody need to survive. So if we really want to be a New Testament, quit cashing your check and start signing it over. How many of you are ready to tithe now? Yeah. 10% is a whole lot better than nine and then a hundred percent. Let me tell you something. Now giving is about so much more than money, though. We got to give our time. We got to give our energy. We got to give our talent. We got to give our opinion. Everything that I said we should sell. We give to those in need. See, we give up things. We say, this isn't important for me. I don't need this. Let me give it. Let me share it. Let me bless you. You've been giving your time this morning. I'm taking all of it. Every bit of it. That's a little annoying. My house growing up, somebody answer the phone. There's no mistaking that there's a call coming in. There's no doubt that there is an option on a horizon. The final missed ring is then. If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Then is the answer if. In Excel, a spreadsheet, there is a formula they call an if-then statement. If this happens, then this happens. God's anointing, God's revival, God's renewal is an if-then statement. If you want to be perfect, go, sell, give, then. See, some of us, we just want to follow. Oh, I'm a follower of Christ. That's great. If you've done the rest of the stuff. It's great to be a follower of Christ if you've went and sold and given. But if you haven't went, sold, and given, to be a follower of Christ is just a catchy phrase. If. Uh, then is the completion of if. Then is the direction of go. Then answers if and is the direction of our go. How do I know when to, where to go? If we're following God, we know where to go. It is the price of sale. 
if I'm going to go and follow Christ, then I know how much I need to sell this for because I understand the cost of the journey. What is the cost? It cost us everything because it cost him everything. Then is the offering plate of give. As we follow God, it becomes the offering plate in which we give what we've gotten from our selling. See, this fifth ring is the answer to everything before it. It is the direction, it is the price, it is the offering. But unfortunately, verse 22 starts with the word, You notice I just changed slides, and there was silence. The phone is no longer ringing. The call has been missed. It has went unanswered. And verse 22 says, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad. For he had many possessions. The silence of a missed call is the most depressing thing you'll ever hear. I'm known for yelling. I'm known for laughter. But when the call's been missed, the silence of spiritual death fills the house. live in the silence of a spiritual morgue not answering the calls of our destiny not stepping out in the faith of it the power of go the glory of sell the blessing of give and the authority of then. And all that's left is the grief. I have no biblical backing for what I'm about to say. I want that very clear. 
I have no historical backing for what I'm about to say. This is complete what if. Complete what if. I'm not saying this is true. I, I, I don't know that I would say it's true. It's just a what if. We don't know who the rich young ruler was. But we know that he was called to follow Christ. And the Bible tells us about somebody who has been named an apostle out of time. What if? And again, no biblical background, no historical background, just a weird preacher kid's idea. What if? So don't go out of here and say, I said this is the way it was. I'm just giving you a what if. I know a man that was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a rabbi, if I understand right. He had authority. He had power. Some might have called him a ruler. And his name was Saul. What if? What if? Saul, as a young man, had come to Jesus and said, what do I got to do? Went away and said, it's not worth it. If, again, I'm not saying it is, but if that was the case, it would give us such great hope. Because it would tell us that sometime later, there came another call. This time it was on a road to, 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 to Damascus. And, 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 and it was so forceful that it knocked him off his horse. Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to kick against the pricks. Don't you understand? I've got a destiny for you. And later on, Paul begins to say, oh, I can give you heritage. I can talk about doing all the right things. But it didn't matter nothing until I surrendered myself and answered the call. I don't know that this rich young man was Saul. I probably doubt that it was Saul. I would doubt that that's the case. But I can tell you this. There were times in my life where their phone rang calling me to something and I let it ring. I wouldn't answer it. I wouldn't pay the price. I, I didn't trust the if. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't follow the go. I, I, didn't, I, didn't give, I didn't sell. I didn't give. I, I didn't f follow Christ with a then. But he didn't leave me in the silence of a missed call. But he returned my call. He called back again. Said, I've got something for you. I've, I, I've got something for you. You may be here today, and I know we've went long today, and I don't care. You may be here today, though, and you may say, listen, I feel like I missed the call. I've missed what God wanted me to do. And I can tell you, if you're willing to answer, God will call back. If you're willing to answer, God will call back. If you're here today and you say, 
I want God to call me. I want to answer that call. I want the destiny that he has laid out for me. I'm going to ask you to join me in these altars. I want God to call me. I want to go. I want to sell. I want to give. I want to answer that call. If you're here and you say, I want God to call me again. I want you to join me in this altar and just say, God, I'm ready to answer. I'm ready for the if. I'm ready for the go. I'm ready for the sell. I'm ready for the give. I'm ready for the then. I'm ready for my destiny. Will you join me in the altar?